so my first question to our guest today is because Tom and I don't really understand football and in our eyes you do Dan please can you explain the point of football to us um, when you say the point uh, how, how do you mean um, I mean interpret that as you want to I mean like I'm happy to give you some pointers if it's too vague a question well I don't know there's a lot of people that don't like it I can see why people don't like it but on some level, I it's a very uh, I do get a very emotional response to it. There's a lot of people that there's a lot of different niches within football. There's like um, I don't know. I so I support Leeds United. <laughs> <laughs> I support Leeds, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, uh, you know, um, and it's in terms of like emotional highs and lows. Um, it's been one of the worst teams to support, I guess. <laughs> um, do you mean? Is... Do you mean that as in? Do you mean that as in that the there isn't much of like uh, a potential, like a, like a uh, potential between the two points? In like the difference between highs and lows is actually quite shallow. Or do you mean that it's mostly been lows compared to the highs? <sighs> yeah. Yes, but I suppose so. To put it in context, I started supporting them when I was, I went to my first game on Boxing Day 2000. Wow. <laughs> um, so I was, I was, um, uh, what age was I? Seven years old. Yeah, 23. <laughs> I was, I was 32 <laughs> you're in your 50, You're in your 50s now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like they were, on Boxing Day, well, in going into the new year 2000, um, actually, I might be misremembering this. It might be Boxing Day 99. <laughs> I've already messed well, that's it not, up. <laughs> that's not wildly misremembering it. It's not like... But like, okay, so all I remember is that on the, the millennium and then in 2010 and then in 2020, they were top of the league in each of the leagues, but uh, <laughs> on in each decade, but they were in different leagues. <laughs> I was going to say, so you, that gives you, you, you that's you actually quite like... a good snapshot for giving you an idea of what a crazy team it has been to to support. But so Boxing Day two thousand, uh, Boxing Day ninety nine, and then the the to start the new millennium, they were top of what was uh, then known as the <laughs> um, Premiership. The uh, the I think it was Barclays it's always been that <laughs> um, and uh, I think then in 2004 they got relegated so I was still only like you know going into to secondary school was that down to the um, the Space Raiders sponsored football bash I don't know what the second league is called <laughs> well at the top well I remember what it was at the time it was the nationwide <laughs> football league because um, for some reason that's funny it is, it's very funny yeah it's it's still like it's been like a load of stuff since but like it still feels a bit like that's a different world you know and um and i remember this because like uh like a lot of the people i knew were like blues and villa fans so like birmingham city and um aston villa because of uh where i'm from and uh yeah, so basically they were both doing... Like, Villa have barely ever been outside of the top division. 
and Everett and Blues were having a really good time of it as well <laughs> around the mid noughties and uh, yeah uh, uh, it's a quite a strong childhood memory that the other kids used to sing uh, nationwide at me uh, <laughs> they used to sing nationwide 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 which was a uh... ah i see yeah i didn't really know what you meant when you said nationwide <laughs> but i remember uh i i also have memories of like that those types of songs and the chants would get sung on my school playground uh more, more so primary school i guess i think they used to sing on the bus to secondary uh, but yeah, I I I couldn't make. Uh... And then when they got there, they stopped. Yeah, yeah, they stopped. Uh, yeah, I, I I couldn't really make an end or tail of it really because I've uh, yeah never really understood football. Uh, yeah, it's that this is all uh, this is all got got yeah mumbo jumbo to me. So hell of a way, uh, hell, hell of a way to Tom. kick off the podcast, Sam. Uh, nice use of the well, word it's kick. Just, it just um, it's a very open like so this is a very rambling way of saying it's a very open thing. Like if, if you literally laid out my time supporting the club I support, which is a whole other question of like, why do I support them? Um, I would be like, there's no, there's no sense to it. There's no like, you know, there's, um, there was a good thread on um, Twitter. So I've, I've started to follow a, bit, a few more like, uh, like Leeds fan accounts you know just like the 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 sound ones not the mad heads because that's the other part of football that you do <laughs> uh, those type of people um i said all right all right all right guys who are we gonna stab tonight yeah well it's uh, it's it, it's masqueraded in that kind of like uh, well it's, it's a well-trodden thing isn't it about like why the whole firm culture and all that stuff and it's kind of like it's obviously a lot more tame these days there's no one like you know there's there's a very very small minority that are going around actually you know um doing all this stuff well i mean it's been it's it's been a a long time since you ran your firm well exactly yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) the moroni ultras are yeah yeah the (laughs) moroni ultras we respect lockdown rules you all saw uh you all saw green street (laughs) with elijah ward and uh yeah, I went, oh uh, that looks that looks scary you got <laughs> and you thought <laughs> it scared you that's brilliant that's not at all where i was going with that that's brilliant i was just going to say that the the coins are now quite dull they're now back to a rounded shape just by the amount of times you've lobbed them but um <laughs> well the, so there's there's um yeah the, the, that's an interesting point actually because you just you just reminded me that before i was going to football like in a big well actually it was after that first game but before i was going like in any kind of regular way my my uncle like got me into these he's a massive Leeds fan um and he was going to a game away at cardiff in the fa cup <laughs> and uh, okay. like when Leeds were at their absolute top and cardiff weren't like were very low down the leagues and then like because Leeds dropped off they started to play them more regularly um and the it's like a famous kind of low point when Leeds were actually quite good um the last time and like he was in the crowd and yeah he was they were like it was an open stand like old style ground and he was having like stuff um lobbed at him oh god <laughs> um, oh, of a uh <laughs> i don't know how to say it in a can i swear i mean <laughs> oh yeah no no have you not been <laughs> 
have you not been listening to the, to the podcast? Uh, yeah, but I'm never like I don't know. I, I'm worried that like swearing's just become such a normal part of my like the rhythm of my speech that I just don't consciously think about. I mean, it I mean the whole the whole point of Tom and I doing this is because of swear. what occurs what occurs naturally. So it's not like we're putting on we're not we're not putting on. I don't know what you'd call this, but the the, the, the po- point being that we're not yeah podcast yeah. We're not we're not putting any like kind of personality on per se a pop. Well, obviously we're putting on a persona because we don't necessarily speak to each other in an, in an interview style. But the long and the short of it, like swear swear as much as feels natural. You don't have to like go, oh oh shit, I said fuck. Ah oh, bollocks, I said piss. You know, like just just say just say what you would. Seven. And also, Dan, just to put it in perspective, <laughs> yeah, it, just to put it into perspective as well, Dan, uh, like last week on the podcast, I killed a child. So, you know, <laughs> just to, so content warning, there isn't really one. You can do whatever you like. Live on air murder. Basically, yeah. You'll understand what I mean if you listen to it when it comes out, but yeah. If, uh, you, were, if you were a disc jockey in like Midwest America, you'd have your own Wikipedia page now, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Just like this, uh, you know. <laughs> or like <laughs> a uh, a music producer, flawed, flawed but talented music producer Tom Spector has di- has died. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. he inve- he 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 invented his famous wall of noise recording, but he also killed all of the Ronettes. I just have this. I have a, a, an image the wall of, a world of sound where... in prison. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the wall of sound was him screaming at the wall of his cell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just have I have a vision of a vision of a world where Wikipedia articles, as much as they're they're still the same for every person, particular user, but they're they're opinionated by the writer. So like they open with going like this sicko, Diplofkin. You know, <laughs> my name would be Dip Diplofkin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's an emotional twist in it, and obviously I've written it. Don't get me oh, wrong. Oh, of course, that makes sense. Yeah, my parents would be reading yeah. it, being like, "That's not his name." Well, that's that you could get away with it because it'd be like they wouldn't know, you know. Yeah. Rather, rather than your parents going like, um, "What is this horrible article being about our child?" They're gonna go, "Hey, that's not his name." <laughs> <laughs> that's the main problem with it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I interrupted the train of thought about. Um, football hooliganism i think yeah um well uh, you know this is basically like <laughs> to illustrate the point um this is my closest encounter with it which was a second-hand account from my uncle <laughs> when i was probably like seven years old oh, that still counts because <laughs> i mean like i mean like i've been there and it's been kicking off i guess but it's just you kind of just walk in a way <laughs> like a lot of the time. It's like very delineated within the crowd. I think people have this perception that like um, that you know like it's this baying mob. And I mean that's a whole other thing about you know how a crowd is seen. Um, but when you actually get it's like pockets of people that are like that um, go to stir up trouble. They don't even go to watch the match, and it's like the vast majority are like there for. Um, for the football because like at Leeds like there's no other reason you'd be there really like I don't it's like a really <laughs> decaying stadium because they haven't been in the, the Premier League for so long and like it needs loads of uh, you know work doing to it like when people could be there you'd queue up and like be like a 10 deep queue for 
like lukewarm fosters at the bar kind of thing you know there's there's no <coughs> niceties to accompany it it's just like i go for this and put up with the other yeah. I can't imagine the Transformer Snacks football party division might necessarily pay <laughs> right. out. Right, I thought you said Space space Raiders earlier. I, I thought you said something about... Yeah, I did say Space yeah, Raiders. You yeah, you said something, and then I was like... No, I did because I mean I'm I've I'm just about to finish like a, a whole bottle of red wine, so I was like, no, I was like, he did, I was like, he didn't say that. I'm just hourly hallucinating again. But the fact that you said the uh, yeah the fucking transformer snacks, which I remember, that's given me like a weird throwback to primary school. No, I I tried I tried transformer snacks in the last like it was within my last job, so it was in a matter of years, you know, ahead of years ago, rather than as a child. So you're a grown man <laughs> building this, I'm a pickled, grown man. this pickled onion potato structure on your desk. I mean, no, 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 I normally go through a bag of... Did, you, try, or like my did, you, drive it, did you drive it into your mouth? No, I just like I just ate them like a, a snack and then... Um, that defeats the whole object. Then, but then my colleague and I would go like, oh, doesn't it like really hurt your mouth after you've eaten like a whole bag of them? Because like the next day your mouth is just like shredded. Yeah, do they, they do. Do they transform yeah. in your mouth? It breaks your jaw. Like you have a yeah, truck, yeah, you have yeah. a semi truck poking out of your mouth. No, Space Raiders. Yeah, I uh, I just just because just I remember um, I got into Space Raiders really late because they were infamously... Not infamous, actually, because they tasted pretty good. But I just always remember that they were, like, the only crisp you could get. For, is it, was it 20p? Yeah, it was under the 50p mark, and at I, least. And I, yeah. I've got a really specific memory of when I first got into them, which was, like, in, like, second year of university. And um, for whatever reason, me and Ben Jackson were on campus, and he, he took me to spa... And then he like bought loads of Space Raiders and was like, "These are great because you can you can buy like five packets for a quid." And then I was like, "Oh, okay, I'll try it." Uh, and then I tried them, and uh, yeah, Space Raiders are the shit, man. I'd say the same about Transformer snacks. I'm not sure if I can have certain flavors of Space Raiders, but um, You're not allowed. Well, I think when I, I just have memories because when I was like, <laughs> yeah, it was um, eight. We, we eight were raised they're fifteen we, rated crisps. <laughs> well, because we, it was more, it was more that I was raised in a, a Catholic household, so like ideas of other beings from the sky that weren't like a, a deity was kind of like blasphemous. So like, um, no. In, in all seriousness, I was like for a lot of my life, I didn't have like gluten or like dairy products, and then I suddenly was fine with them, or maybe I'm not fine with them. I don't really know. Just like the, um, just like space, it's a fear of the unknown. In, in in space, uh, eating too many of these might hurt your mouth. <laughs> in space, no one can hear you chew. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was um, when we co-directed the sketch the sketch show in about like two thousand and fifteen. I want to say like about. about yeah, nearly... I thought I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah five years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rings a bell. So, um, Sam, that was actually when uh, I think that was when Dan introduced you to your second wife. Is that right? Um, do you mean do you mean my second wife at the time when I had two wives, or my second wife is in like the second round? That's when wifing. I introduced you to your harem. <laughs> <laughs> now, Dan, can you your can you remind harem. me? Can you remember how how you came about the harem before it came into my ownership? That's ownership. Jesus, um, well, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know how it like works. That. <laughs> but you said your. I'm a progressive you said, harem. You said, you said your harem. I don't know. Well, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, true, I did. But like, 
it, it's it's more it's a it's a mindset, isn't it? It's a, it's <laughs> Dan ran into a fella at a Taunton Dean service station. Uh, and he had a truck, <laughs> and he was like, uh, "Oh, you're right, mate. Uh, you elite, you a Leeds fan? Uh, got something you uh, might be interested in?" <laughs> what is this? He had the women. The, the, the it's a the primo, yeah, primo a harem. Yeah, <laughs> seven, seven strong. <laughs> Didn't um, primo harem do a white shade of paint? <laughs> <laughs> the girls cried out for more. <laughs> Oh, oh god! <laughs> <laughs> normally, I don't tag. I don't don't normally toe this line of harems and other um, sultry business. Well, it's quite dirty, um, isn't it? <laughs> take, a, take a walk on the wild side. <laughs> take a walk on your side. It's what you do at uni, isn't it? You experiment. And uh... <laughs> oh, I hate that. Because anyone who says that to me, I'm going to be like, I fucking didn't. I had the, I had the driest, like the driest four years of my life. Well, I think yeah, me, me too. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, I don't. I don't know if I object. I kind of object to the term "dry" because it's kind of like the 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 whole kind of um, like expectation and kind of feeling like kind of going. Like, I should have. I should have done this. And actually, it involves other people. So you know, it's not just a. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we. If someone says to me, "Did you, you know, experiment in you?" I say, you know, yeah. I mean, other things like I tried directing, which I sucked at, um, and. You know, I started, you know, started stand up there. So, like, I'd, I'd take, I'd interpret it much more vaguely. Um, as you can probably tell, I also have two. Tom also had the majority of the contents of a bottle of wine, a bottle of red wine, I should say, today. So, um, I didn't know drinks were on the cards. Oh, we should have said sorry, man. Um, I've got a tea on the go, so if if you hear me uh, slurping occasionally, then. <laughs> oh yeah, no, go for it. I think. Um, it's not like it's not a prerequisite. It's not like you have to have something to drink. Um, sometimes I have a glass of water just to help because I. That would be drop cap. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, that's all right. I mean, I never apo- never apologize. I don't, and that's the, that's the whole reason we have a podcast. Yeah, n- normally I end up not apologizing, but being shocked on the viewer's behalf. Yeah, it's quite. A, because... Yeah, it's good because you always get to be the guy who's always going to be safe. Because you're always like, I get to be the good guy. You're always yeah. shocked. I get to be the, I get to be the good guy, TM. So, <laughs> you know, that's. I actually was going to ask you both about this uh, because I, I wasn't. Uh, I didn't, I was going to make out that I planned it, but I can't. <laughs> I can't actually make that out. I'm going to be honest. About five seconds ago, when uh, Sam mentioned about the sketch show, it reminded me. Oh, hey, uh, both Sam and Dan have both done stand up in the past, and stand up is something that I never did at uni. But it got to the point where I was living in a house with basically most of that year's, like, footnotes people. I mean, I forget, like, because I know, Dan, you were on the yeah. committee, weren't stand-up you? Stand-up house. So was Ludo. <laughs> yeah, it was stand-up house. That must well, have been you make me a world of shouts. You kick my head. Um, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it's funny how um, I kind of kick myself for never getting into it more. I think it's just a confidence thing, I guess, because I, I, like, I did a bit of acting. But only if you wanted to. It's only if you wanted to. Do you I mean you kind of go like, "Oh, you know, I, I, I kicked myself for something I didn't fully have the desire for." You know, no, no, unless you did. No, I did. No, I would have liked to have done it because me and Dan used to like sit up late at night and we'd just talk for hours and literally just make each other laugh. Um, and I think that like stand up 
I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong, but like stand up is like just an extension of that. It's like, well, you know, I'm going to get up on stage and make a room full of people laugh. And I mean, like, it was amazing. Like, I mean, so me and Dan lived together in second year, it would have been. Um, I've tried, I, you know what? I've, I get so misty when it's to do with like years. It would have been like 2014, I think, um, when we lived on Hubert Road in Selly Oak. Uh, but I guess I, it would sorry, have been I, 13 to 14 because I, I was in my first Dan, I hope you then. don't mind me doxing us, uh, doxing our old address. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's not ours anymore, is it? Yeah, they're not going to find us there. Uh, but yeah, so we, we lived at, uh, shit, I forget, maybe 39, I want to say 39 Hubert Road. Keep it vague. Keep it 30s. vague. It was on that road, but um, it was but, um, it was somewhere towards the <laughs> the main road. Yeah, and it was. I didn't it even was, want to say the main road. <laughs> it was a little. There was a road that came off it. Yeah, it, it, if you got to the end of that road, it went to another road. It, it was a, a literal road. road. But we, uh, me and Dan, used to just spend nights where we would literally just uh, stay up really late and uh, usually just talking. And uh, it would either it would just end up being like coming up with characters or like coming up with silly names. Um, I remember one night where just through dan you being in the comedy society i sort of became aware uh of ellis as this like person that everyone knew and then i remember one night i think it was you invited uh ellis uh and 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 yeah it was jacob as well i won't i won't drop his surname in case he doesn't want to be associated with this podcast just call him uh, uh... <laughs> i was gonna do the simpsons joke but I probably shouldn't yeah, for, no, I was yeah, kidding. I don't, well, you I don't accidentally know. ducks. I mean, hey, you you do him. I mean, I didn't really know, but they, I remember they both. He's got a public profile. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I heard rumblings that he, he he's done all right since uni, comedy wise. So uh, yeah, I don't want to don't want to tamper. You heard of a little that. show called Live at the Apollo? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's he's also watched that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but like he's written many a book on that, that was like how I first met one of the times I like first met Alice, as in we were like sat watching we watched Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie. Uh, <laughs> and uh yeah, so it was interesting just encountering these like comedy people and yet I never turned my hand to it myself. Um but yeah, please you guys, please I wanna stop talking, so please talk about being stand ups and uh, experiences in the comedy society. But that must have been hell for you, I'm sorry. Just like, <laughs> not that particular occasion because they're both uh, nice people, but uh, just the general... Ellis, I could, Ellis I could go either way on, but yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> um, yeah, about just surrounded by stand-ups is just like... No, it was really nice. No, I loved it. I thought it was really it's cool. It's why I um... stopped doing stand-up. <laughs> I was I was actually going to say something I, similar. I was the about, reason um, you stopped doing stand-ups. You said you got Sam, sick of... Li- Sam, you, what you've got to understand is it's competitive and you've got to get the joke in. Yeah. Now, I was, I was going to say... Um, Let me tell you this, a little something about part. joke theft and why it's the future. This is, I mean, this is going to sound kind of horrible, but um, I think one thing that put me off at least doing stand-up for like a good long time was for a long time, I think I, I was possibly in the naive guys a bit but like it's very much for entertaining myself and kind of entertaining a select few people normally in an ed- in a university educated crowd and i'm not saying that's like the right way to do it i think like that arguably that from a 
agent, a booker, and an audience perspective, it, it doesn't hit any of the right notes. So what's the deal but... with this Wittgenstein guy, am I right? <laughs> Don't you hate it when you when you crack open your copy of Thus Spoke Zarathustra, and you're like, oh, Nietzsche, what are you doing to me here? <laughs> am I right? Don't you just hate the dialectic? <laughs> um, what was I saying? But yeah, I think I think as soon as I started booking gigs or like trying to organise gigs where there was like where money would change hands in terms of like you know rather than like charitable efforts or just like the Fellows Comedy Society like uh, portion of the Guild bank account. It wasn't a bank account. It was like a, it was a a portion within the wider fund. But it was yeah, just resting your account. Yeah, exactly. It was the point being like it wasn't. I wasn't paying comedians for service until it was, and then once that happened, I realised that well, you kind of have to then enter the world of booking, and then like you kind of have to view people's stuff, which in most part you might not like, or like you have to kind of send out the email saying, you know, not this time, but maybe next time when you don't really mean that. And I think I think it's also I wasn't really willing to play to the gallery, and I think that's. This probably sounds snobby on my part, but I think it's it's something I've had to accept. I mean, I was bitter for a long time about other people doing better, but actually it was just because they were they actually liked the craft of it and they actually liked entertaining people, whereas I liked I liked being clever. And so that that that's that's not really the right brew for like a professional stand up career. I think I just enjoyed being clever. And I don't remember the last time I wrote like a joke per se. But um yeah. I, mean, I think, and also a lot of my best stand-up experiences have been like completely orchestrated by myself. But so you were saying, Dan? No, no. I just, um, I kind of, uh, I was speaking to, uh, well, I'm sure we've spoken loads about this, but I was speaking also to a mutual friend who may or may not have been on this podcast. Uh, it was Ludo. And, oh, yes. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, I was thinking, <laughs> got it in one. I was thinking, like, well. It's not really a doxing if he's already self-doxed. No, to be fair, Dan, after I, I meant to tell you, like, I think after we speak to you, with the exception of our producer, we're basically going to be cycling back through you guys as regular guests. <laughs> so, uh... You've heard everything there is. Like, just, that's what we're saying. You, I mean, it, there'll be more opinions, but the same voices. You know, if you, if you like going to, uh... If you like using this to get to sleep, then, you know, you, you're in... You're in the right place. Same shit, different day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm getting um, too old for this shit. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, it was like, we had quite, um, well, I remember we had quite um, a detailed conversation recently, because I don't really watch stand-up anymore, I don't know about you, but like... Oh man, I I haven't in ages... I have to coax myself to watch like anything decent. I only seem to be able to watch shit stuff to kind of go, oh, isn't that shit? I think, um, Rather than like, I think the fear of being inspired. Yeah, I was going to say, know. I think the, the only thing I watch... Sorry, I, I shouldn't talk because I'm the one non-stand-up man. But uh, as far as consuming it, I... Like, the last thing I watched and, like, really enjoyed was something that had just been on my list for ages, which was, like, Dave Chappelle. Um, and it was his stuff. So it was Sticks and Stones, but it was also... I think the one he did before that. Um, and I think I've got another special on Netflix to go of his. Uh, but I'll, I'll always watch Dave Chappelle because I just I really like him. So uh, I'll, I'll always go back to his stuff. But um, I also watched uh, 
basically my other like pretty much my my other favorite comedian working at the moment uh maria bamford uh sh- she had a yeah. special called uh old baby that was really good where she she performs stand up to like random people on the street uh or like people in a bowling alley she just starts doing stand up and like six or seven people come to watch it's 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 awesome um and she's done some other really ace stuff as well uh but other than that like yeah i don't know uh i i mostly get a negative view of american stand-up anyway though because i listen to a lot of come town um and they uh as three stand-up comedians often uh often rag pretty badly on the state of modern stand-up you've 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 now sold that to me even more because i think there is a i don't know if it's just because we don't see behind the scenes so much but there is a painful lack of awareness the only person i've seen like there are people like um conor o'malley uh carl mooney i can't remember his the name he goes by but normally I oh think kyle, kyle mooney now. is um do you mean the the stand-up character he does yeah, oh, yeah, I can't remember the... Oh, God, I used to know this because it's brilliant. It's such a brilliant character. I think it's Bruce somebody. When he's got his hair slicked back. Is it Bruce Is it Bruce Channing? Yeah, but I think it's Bruce Chandling. I think that's his name. <laughs> Bruce Chandling, uh, he's, yeah. Oh, man, yeah, he's incredible. Yeah. And Conor O'Malley is, uh, is, as Boris Johnson described Prince Andrew recently, uh, Conor O'Malley is beyond reproach. He's... Uh, he's <laughs> He's brilliant. <laughs> no, Con- Conor O'Malley is like is fucking incredible. He, but I think him and his uh, one of his uh, peers, uh, Joe Perra, those guys are like for me. What's exciting about stand up now? Like what it can be. Like uh, Joe Perra is fucking insane as stand up. He's so good. Um, I'm not even going to. Have have you have you not seen any of it? I don't think so. I've, I've seen obviously um, the talks with you. And... It, it, I've not even seen. It's that. similar the, uh, to that. It's essentially him just with a jumper on stage, just being really, yeah, really soft, softly spoken. But it's just it's fucking brilliant. It's it's so good. Um, uh, the last stand up I like saw live was uh, Stuart Lee came to Crew, and um, I've seen him about Crewly. Crew, <laughs> Crewly. Uh, he was really good. <laughs> he was brilliant, man. He was like. Uh, I think it was the first time he'd ever been to Crew, uh, and he was quite—he was actually reasonably happy with the crowd, as was I. I was like, "Fuck, man! Like, don't come to Crew." But uh, everyone in the audience was really well behaved, and he—he uh, he did something really funny where he uh, apologies, Mister Lee, for spoiling your stand-up. But he did a bit where he said, yeah, he's, uh, not "He's not listening. He'll never listen." Uh, he. He walked out on stage and was like talking about you know doing like the warm up bit, and then he was like uh, he was like so I was driving through Nantwich the other day and everyone sort of went woo and then he like stopped and screamed at the audience. He was like <laughs> he said I don't even know where that is, <laughs> but it was just because he I don't even know just, where that is. He just yeah. he just looked up nearby town yeah, names like, to name, but it he was always, uh, he always does that. Yeah, yeah. But it was good. It was it yeah. was nice, and he was like he he treated the audience with like the perfect mix of like contempt but then also like genuine he like stopped a couple of times and was like oh he's like okay crew all right well done you know he's like i'm good i'll I'll come back you know it was it was really nice Um, so where was the nearest that he would have played before like i'm interested in that is he like 
this is going to show up my really awful geography of oh um, say say in cheshire um but like but was is would manchester have been the nearest or i would have been think like stoke yeah preston yeah it would it would have been stoke way off no, 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 no! It would have been Stoke. Uh, would have been the other big, big venue. Because it's weird. Because I, I don't see Crew, which is the Crew Lyceum. I don't see that personally as being a big venue because it's like my my hometown's venue. Having said that, though, like J- Jimmy Carr used to do the Lyceum every year. Um, so I think the Lyceum as a venue. I mean, is... I've I've seen. I've seen Jimmy Carr in Peterborough, yeah, so I feel so like he kind of I think, he covers all bases. Yeah, but I think also it's it's a recognised venue for like legit stuff. Um, I mean, like I think I think Joan Collins toured there with a one woman show once, and I'm kind of always a bit gutted. I'm always a bit gutted I missed that because I, I really fancy Joan Collins. Dan, what were you saying? I feel like we've we've gone off on a number of tangents. I mean, all that. I Stand up! I, I interrupted you because you mentioned about the conversation with Ludo, and you said you don't yeah. watch stand up anymore. Yeah, sorry, Dan. Yeah. Please carry on. No, no, I was just thinking about the Stuart Lee thing. I think he's consciously doing a thing now because I've seen him on a couple of, like, again, he's someone as well who was like obviously very, obviously formative influence on me doing stand up. Obviously. Then, obviously, uh, just because like he sounded vaguely like me and. Uh, also had the you know I copied his cadence whatever. But, but to be fair, Dan, in like in your defence though, it's not like me pretending to be Stuart Lee. It's like you you are both from Solly Hall, so it's like, yeah, don't I wouldn't worry too much about sounding like Stuart Lee because I think a lot of people from Solly Hall will also sound like Stuart Lee. So it's all there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my my stand up changed a lot because of like seeing Stuart Lee in my second year, and I think like definitely people cottoned onto that. You started to sound like, like <laughs> yeah, is that, I mean. I think maybe more so when I started working, I'd end up putting in like brumisms, if that's a word, um, into. Yeah. But I think he's very like, I mean, oh God, there's about like three tangents that I want to go on here, but I can see why you just these just go on. Um, no, go for it, man. We've got we've <laughs> got the time. Like, now is the time to do it. Well, the, so the, I'll, I'll try and do. It. I'm not very. My thinking is a bit awry at the moment because I'm just like I'll have lockdown fever. Um, but the first one I was going to say was the, the the point that you made about like him doing the the crew lyceum. I think he's kind. Con- I've seen him on a couple of things like podcasts and stuff, just being like interviewed. Because obviously, like at the moment, it's just stand up is dead. It's wow, just, yeah, yeah. It's not happening, and he's obviously like he is very good. I mean, like there's an interesting like thing about his stand-up in that it was like a really formative experience and then maybe I'd, I'd still would have continually seen him over the years but maybe I've kind of it's not been like the like totemistic you know this is what the, I must achieve if I'm to do stand-up because I think that was probably weighing down a bit uh, weighing down on me a bit like a kind of unconscious thing and also I just uh, like I got it and you know like he obviously like has evolved over the years in his which is like great and he's a great artist and all that but i've just you know uh with the mixture of like not watching as much stand-up i've just kind of i don't want to say the phrase would be like to go off it you know but i wouldn't say i've gone off his stand-up at all because i watch individual bits and I'm like this is great i just don't sit down and there was a moment like i don't know like one of his shows was on tv like maybe the carpet remnant world one when was that like yeah five years ago um, There's 2012, I think he recorded it. I think. Oh, was it earlier? Oh god, I, I don't remember when the anything comes out. Like we're, get, we're getting old, Dan. 
we're getting old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but there was one. There was, anyway, there was one that was on TV, at, like on BBC, and it got um, played. And uh, like, I came down and like, it was for a, it, this was a real like shift. I'd have been like, you know, like, uh, oh, mum and dad, I'm off to see you know Stuart Lee in Birmingham. You know, like, oh, it's uh, yeah, you probably wouldn't get it. You know, <laughs> kind of thing. And then it became like my dad was like, I've just watched that Stuart Lee show on uh, on iPlayer. It's brilliant, you know, and we were kind of, we were like, uh, I don't know, is there a mathematical term for, you know, when you're going in different directions? What's the, uh, um, it's not, it's not Pol- coming to me, but like. Polarities or something? Yeah, yeah, like the kind of, we, 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 my dad was like really high on it, like, this guy's great, like, he's so funny and he like, he, he does meta commentary on what he's saying and like, he you know, he undermines himself and he, he's a really pretentious liberal character. And I was like, yeah, I kind of know all that. You know? <laughs> like, it, it was kind of an interesting, you know, I could obviously talk about it with him, but it wasn't, we were at a different level of enthusiasms about stuff. And, you know, I just think that was interesting is just like how stuff something comes I was, back to you. Something and, I was going to, yeah. oh, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but something I was going to chime in about the weighing down, I think um, Tom and I have talked about this a lot, which is the, or at least like we've alluded to the feeling of should do something, but actually this, the whole weighing, like when it, in terms of, being a certain style kind of you know weighs down you know weighs someone down creatively because it's like it is kind of i think this is something that's talked about particularly in standard where people say like you know people try and recreate their idols without having the kind of experience first but also that the the task of actually just being someone creative but kind of becomes insurmountable when you kind of think i want to emulate someone rather than actually inspiring you it kind of makes you think so that's that's kind of what i was saying like i i i'm very at the moment, I've been really bad at listening to new stuff or like watching new films because it's like, well, actually, this could this could add to the kind of the busyness in my own head, which is like, again, this is a very very privileged position to be in that we're not fighting for our lives and like not not trying to scrounge for food, you know, so we know what you know with the um, the potential ambiguity of where our next dinner's coming from. But and obviously, like it's a liberal position to be able to ponder these things. But I thought that was just an interesting point about being weighed like actually being weighed down by who you kind of idolize and who you want to emulate so rather than because sometimes it could be like a oh this reminds me why i want to do it but then at the same time it's kind of like well either i'm not going to meet that or um sink or swim by comparison yeah yeah yeah, precisely that sorry but well no you just reminded me as well like this is uh, about how many tangents deep are we here but like um that it's all tangents on this show and also one uh, it's one, well, one tangent deep. <laughs> full, full, like, full, tangent, full tangent five. This is like um, a kind of inception, uh, like, you know, you're just clocking all the levels that we're on. Just like, oh, we're on, Oh, we're inception's on not difficult. It's not difficult. I know, but you need, right. you still need someone to kind of like go, right, are we on level two now or three? Or, you know, you just need someone to keep you in, like, how many, how much time in reality has passed, you know? <laughs> Which in, in our level is the same, so it doesn't help, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I don't know. I think everyone said like, I think when Inception came out, it was like, oh, it's really deep and complex. I think I watched it. I was like, I like this, but there's a lot of things I don't like about this. Anyway, yeah. um, but I, so the th- the thing that that reminded me of is like one band, you know, because like music is seen as like it's a very hard thing to be like I don't know, like a rock band and you have this formative influence and there's two of like that I can think of that, that one really stuck out then when you when you said that 
and it was um, U2, <laughs> which nobody likes U2, except me. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> to, to that. I don't know. Hey, it's all right. U2 have got some good tunes, and also I, I really love their appearance on The Simpsons, uh, so that's enough yeah, for me right. to like U2. Yeah, I like them. So what the... But if you listen to their early stuff... Um, well, they've famously just gone through all the different genres because they're a pop act and they want to make money ultimately. Um, but, like, I'm just interested in how, you know, like Bowie, that's artistic and that's like chameleon like, and, you know, like, and then with them. But anyway, the, 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 they started off as like, they were massive Susie and the Banshees fans. Oh, um, cool, that's cool. Which you wouldn't think of them as, and they kind of came out of that post punk or a bit later than that, like mid 80s. And so their first album um, sounds really in that sound you know um and then as they go on they got their massive success with joshua tree um they have then penned as a christian rock band and then they go on later to the 90s and then they do they start doing prank phone calls <laughs> and they're like a, and they loosen up a bit and they're like more you know like i don't know like obviously poppy or you know, I'm not explaining this very well, but anyway, you go through different phases, but you, the, the the starting point is like almost like a parody of this influence you've got. And it's like within that, you're still trying to find your, you know, it's not a bad thing to sound like someone because you, you're, you're kind of getting what they're about. You know, it's not any, it's maybe it's maybe the better way of phrasing it is it's not easy to just sound like someone, you know, um, that's in a musical context. Uh, and, and I guess you're, um, I guess the fact that one finding their own kind of voice or style or kind of is obviously it's got to come from like listening to stuff in the first place. Then also like you could argue that if you know if you're a musician, for example, if you played a lot of like post punk stuff, you then use it as a medium to learn stuff more musically. You sort of learn the actual structure of songs, and then eventually there's there's a day when you end up not happening to not do something that's a direct kind of copying or um what I'm thinking of yeah it's not a direct copycat of certain chord sequences or melodies you end up just kind of playing around with it and so yeah that there was an original place where you could say like oh I, I recognize that kind of music but ultimately it, it's I could see it's sort of a conduit then you finding your own voice it's kind of like saying you can't know your own voice even just like on theoretical terms you kind of have to prat around is that what you're saying like you kind of have to prat around with an in, in, an influence yeah you, to have, then to, kind you of, have to kind of I think very early on you have to kind of scope out like why is this interesting to me and like you almost if you're there sitting and stroking your chin the whole time and going why do I like this what do I like about this the whole time and you don't just like do it which was the kind of punk ethos I guess then you know like you don't make any music do you, you just like go oh I like this thing it's like good <laughs> yeah that's basically why i haven't written right. in like for years like i i'm like i want to be a writer but then i just spend all my time reading thomas pynchon and i'm just like oh it's so good <laughs> but, the, just but like... the first draft of your thing might just be like you might go like oh god it's just like um uh you know this is swill you know. <laughs> well compared to that yeah but you, but that's it isn't it i the, think the it's trick absolutely is fine to, keep, to do that yeah it's like it's fine to be bad and just keep working at it but yeah but not nah. even be bad like it's just like you're comparing yourself to one of the greatest novelists of the 20th century. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. And you, you know, shouldn't do and... it. That's the thing, isn't it? You just don't do it. And also, I I even argue like 
personally, I think as well, you shouldn't worry about like having your own voice or you being able to detect it. Because basically, I think for you to have a voice, that's up to your like readers and your critics to find. I think you as a, as a person, as a, as a creator, should just create and then just wor worry about other people going like, oh, yeah, this is his voice, his style. And then you can just sort of go, oh, all right, I got style. Anyway, back to uh, back to writing. And if there hasn't been like without like romanticizing the artistic vision like unholy in like this you know uncritical way or whatever, like unless unless there's a bit of a struggle, then like usually what com comes is not worth it. So there's like bands now you see that are like, and I don't I sound like about a thousand years old as soon as I use that phrase, but. And I'm not inviting a direct comparison with you two, as in these like they're these like paragons of you know like their ultimate artistic vision or whatever. <laughs> but um, you know, a lot of bands now, it's like you know they have this really novel album, you know, and it's like oh, it does this in a very different way. Well, actually, if you look at it, there'll definitely be someone who's happened upon this idea, um, and it's not the originality; it's like the you know how you get to stuff like it's like the difference i think it's a difference like again to use the music kind of comparison because like it started on stand-up but it's very hard to like talk about a canon within stand-up when some people get to do that and some people are just doing 10 minute sets like it's a very uneven distribution of things whereas yeah i suppose you could say the same with music is like there's live bands and there's not but generally there's like you either keep recording or you're just doing it for fun um and also music music works on its own as a single listener in a way unless like yeah. you're able to get gigs and record them live or do like a podcast but yeah the stand-up's a funny one because it relies entirely on having that yeah. audience and having the opportunity really yeah. whereas i think music music more and more has become much more individualized thing and i was going to say like a band that's inspired me in recent years is guided by voices like i hadn't heard them until like about a year or so ago but i think that what they kind of inspired in me was like going well, yeah, the the sound is particularly on like B thousand. Like the sound is deliberately varied and racked, and like kind of detuned and like obviously recorded on a. I can't remember the name of it, but the idea of it's like yeah, this this was ex accepted in a way. Re and recorded so, in, your, in your mother's basement. Yeah, it's it's so deliberately kind of yeah, it's it's lo-fi at its finest, and like I think that I think the inspiration there is not just the kind of the melodies and whatnot, but the the methods of what as well and it kind of shows like That's you know okay. you, you are allowed mass you are allowed to be have appeal by just doing stuff so kind of low-key rather than getting it like um into some sort of ideal perfect but, the, but anyway sorry the, the point with the um uh the the music thing is like so people always say like oh do you like are you a singles guy or do you like uh albums <laughs> like i guess is the you know and i'll go i go for both sometimes i'm just like stick on a playlist or put on like some kind of compilation or something i don't know like and i'm really in that mood because i'm just in the mood to hear different melodies and like they kind of coalesce in an interesting way to me or run into each other if it's been like curated Ugh, i hate that word but you know <laughs> um, you know like if it's been considered like how it's been put together um but the sorry there's just some noise outside <laughs> the I just heard a door bang, so I don't know if someone's going to come in in a sec. So uh, just a door a door banged that. earlier, so I've, we're we're glossing over that for now. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I like so, it. Keep it in. It adds a bit of like you know a bit of mystery. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? Yeah. So like you, I get that kind of argument, but I'm really interested in the kind of like 
album to album development. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, it's really interesting to track a band like through several albums, you know, um, which is definitely a contentious thing to say. <laughs> um, like, it's really interesting to say growth. You know, it's not growth because it's like coded as that word of growth, which means like you know a more mature sound. Or I hate all those like. I hate everything that describes that, but I like, you can recognise it when you go, oh, that's a nod to this, and um, I've kind of lost my uh, original point. But yeah, like the kind of, like people evangelise about albums, and the, the individual album gets reviewed, but very, only if like uh, a kind of the publication publishing the review is like consciously saying, like trying to put this work within a canon for like an album, does it get fully, do you fully get like, the nuance, if that makes sense, of the does that make any sense? Like, you, yeah, it's, you're you're saying that um, that actually, if you, what you kind of need is not you, you can have like the album reviews at the time, and then like put like a footnote that says like in in about five years' time we're going to do and we're we're going to write a piece about the the intervals or the changes in a way, if that makes sense. And so like it, I guess it, it sometimes reviews. I think Rolling Stone is the worst of it because they they like their top album in terms of rock albums is like Sgt. Pepper's, but at the time they panned it and they sort of went back and said like, yeah. "Oh, actually, us us the select committee of fathers, um, <laughs> like oh Rolling Stone is written by dads for dads, I think, but um, it's but they kind of then retroactively said like, Do you know, we like this, but um, yeah. I guess I mean unless you go to like a, a music blog or something, then I think or like a super a fan in in the kind of regard that you're saying that someone who can kind of can kind of go like oh yeah this is a nod to this or if they if they know music that's not that band but kind of came before or like but even like following changes in technology as well as an interesting one like you might be all like a good example being the beatles when like from rubber soul to revolver even though that's not like what we understand as their bigger leap which is more sergeant peppers but actually in revolver the beatles were more on both sides of the the mixing desk and so like you could say like yeah they that was a change because they got into producing and actually then that kind of fed into sergeant peppers but so yeah the yeah the point being like it's it's i i think that is an interesting point that not much attention might be paid to unless we got it completely wrong not much attention might be paid to what kind of might have not happened but like kind of what ideas were sort of there that eventually came that sort of helped the transition from one, one album to another yeah, it's just seeing it, I suppose, within the canon that, um, you know, like, authors get the privilege of a lot of the time. Um, yeah. I've maybe hit on the one example where people don't tend to see it as, like... Uh, but but I suppose, to come back to the original point, it was just about, like, seeing an album as original uh, on its own terms, whereas, like, let's be honest, nothing now is going to, like, absolutely shock us, or very little, and, like... I'm not really ever looking for like, you know, there's always good. I think you are kind of when you're listening to like singles or like for want of that word or like, you know, individual songs, you know, that are like in their own way canonized as like, this is a great song or, you know, one hit wonders or whatever. You're kind of judging that in one respect. Um, but then with albums, yeah, I, I don't, you know, when it, you know, it's like buzzy new sound, eight out of 10 in, um, you know pitchfork or like the guardian you know it's like it's yeah okay <laughs> it's 
good or it's not, you know. Like, there's definitely things that haven't been done, I suppose, but is your only mark of that originality? I don't know. For me, it's like a, and again, like, I hate using the word, but like growth of an artist or like growth of a band, you know, in terms of like how it, you know, changes from like one album to the next one and then the reward for the reward for that um something you you said to me dan which like it, this is going to sound really simple and this was ages ago that you said it but this is when i was i'm trying to work my way through like sort of seminal albums and it's kind of i think we were talking about pet sounds and i said like you know that i feel like that's something they should listen to and you just went like well you know listen to if you want to and that that felt like kind of revolutionary because it's kind of i think powerful. at that point i felt <laughs> yeah <laughs> i felt i felt very behind in terms of what music i was kind of listening to and i think a lot of music recommendations i've got from you know you guys and other people we've had on the show and i feel like uh, as a sort of a separate note i i, I feel kind of selfish because i very rarely maybe until fairly recently but i didn't really share my music with people it was just like i have to i have to just crash to other people's houses and then listen to whatever they had on and just absorbed that and kind of like got into that taste and i, I don't know if i I feel a little bit selfish for not like bringing. It feels like I've never kind of bought a piece of music to the table to kind of talk about. Maybe I have. I just can't remember it. I mean, I might. Have, I don't know. Pink Floyd. Jazz, maybe, but even then, I wouldn't say I have. Pink Floyd, no. jazz, one of the two. It's hard. It's hard to bring jazz to the table, like because it it oh. just jumps. It jumps all over the place, and it like. It's like, yeah, come back get, in, get get back on the table. Yeah, get back on the table. Oh, the best thing you sent me, you sent or saw, like shared, was that fucking thing. Who, who the hell was that? Where it was like, so what? By Miles Davis off the. Uh, oh, it was Ellis. It was Ellis. Ellis that fucking shit. And, yeah. like, and it was a guy <laughs> adding his lyric, his own lyrics to like, so what? And it was just, oh, it oh, was God. so bizarre. I loved it because it just had me in stitches. But like, what was the genre called? <laughs> what was it? No oh god but it's proper um, like so just just for the listeners benefit if anyone is listening uh the song so what by miles davis is essentially it, it goes uh the opening goes need a bit more but then like essentially it was a guy adding in his own lyrics so he's basically like it was like jog John Coltrane comes off the stage. Now he walking <laughs> off the stage. Now he come out back oh, off the stage. God. It was like, what is this? And then like, <laughs> it's like, it sounds like a comedy sketch, but then like, it's not. It's like this dude like legit put his lyrics to this because he thought like, ah, yeah, man. Yeah, man, this gonna be so cool. This gonna be really What kind tight. of blue was missing was, yeah, like. <laughs> you know, was, you know. Was someone uh, else's words. You can't call it uh you can't call this kind of thing jazz, you know. We gotta call it social music, and you know what? It was Ed- what I've always, what I've always said is like, you know, when I made bitches, <laughs> when I made bitches brew, or, uh, you know, uh, reflections of Spain, uh, it was lyrics. That's what we always wanted was lyrics. I can imagine like Bill Evans flipping the piano, to like <laughs> if he heard that, he'd just be like, "What is the fucking point?" I mean, I, all I know about Bill Evans is he died. He died quite young. He was like he's an amazing jazz pianist, and obviously was in the Miles Davis Quintet. I think is it Quintet? I think he was a pianist, and like he, um, 
I think I was going to say that um, I'd be amazed, Tom, if you can do with like humdumming, if you can do the Bill Evans chord at the beginning of that. But anyway. Yeah, no, well, sorry. I'm, re- I'm really can't. not that well versed <laughs> in Miles Davis. I mean, the only reason I know how he sounds is because I watched the Don Cheadle film, uh, Miles Ahead. I mean, to be fair, I've I've not seen that. I'd, I'd like to see that film, but like it's good. I, it's really good. I I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that impression. I think it was also because it more sounded, it kind of sounded like um, like American Heavy Smoker crossed with the the spirit of jazz from the Mighty Boosh. Well, I, I'm guessing that's what the spirit of jazz is based on. I'm sh- yeah, it must be surely like that. That kind of the gruff of Miles Davis voice. I assume um, so. I found out who it was. By the way, it was Eddie Jefferson. <laughs> yeah, um, he, he even has an annoying name. But I don't know if that was all he did. Like, he was a jazz singer, but then what's funny is that he like thought, "Oh, I found my niche, which is <laughs> it's called vocalese." Um, oh, that's it. Yeah, which is like, hell. yeah, it's not even scatting, is it? It's like singing. It's just bizarre. It, it's it's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing to me yeah it's nothing it was like yeah i think we were joking about it and i was like i did i honestly like we were when like he brought it up we were like just messing around and uh i did enjoy just hear, having it on in the background and then when i actually like sat down to listen to it i was like lasted about 10 minutes <laughs> 10 minutes 10 seconds 10 minutes yeah i, say, I think i, I lasted, lasted double the runtime of the song i like played <laughs> you listened to it uh, twice <laughs> yeah but i lasted about 10 seconds i was like no this is I get the joke. I think <laughs> I think I lasted a I think I lasted a minute. I think there was when it got to the, the bridging part. It was I think I think I I, I kind of got used to the, the like yeah. Oh, I've got the um, who did the song "Take Me to the Bridge"? It's a it's quite a good disco track. Oh, you mean "Take Me to the River"? No, there's a disco yeah, track called "Take was, Me to the Bridge." That was Springsteen, I think. I think "Take Me to the River" was Al Green. Al Green originally, I think, and then. And talking heads of the cover. Oh, I think I think Springsteen um, was just the river. Oh, okay. Our, our oh, river. Yeah. Um, I've got it. Yeah. You... Well, take me to the bridge. I'm, I've got it up now. Vera. Go into this. Is it just called? Is she just called Vera? Vera Lynn. <laughs> no, yes. I, I was like, I'm sure it's not Vera Lynn. Do not say Vera Lynn. <laughs> Great. There needs to be um, more Vera Lynn remixes. <laughs> That's like a Limmy thing, isn't it? Like a, yeah. Oh, quite possibly. Okay, um, on a, on a, Ableton. One. Yeah, he definitely did a Vera Lynn one, didn't he? Because it was really funny. Did he really? I have no I idea. I'm not, actually, yeah, I think I'm that's... I, 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 I was like, oh, that'd be funny. But then I think I was confusing it for reality. <laughs> which is, he actually did... Yeah, he did Will Meet again. Uh, have you seen his... Um, he, he did two, two recently. He's been doing, like, fake radio ads. Oh really? Yeah, and he did, he did one for a gym. Uh, I think it was a gym or a fitness center, and he did one as well for like a a, a toy boomerang product. Uh, fucking <laughs> hell, man! Like it's so fucking funny. But like he does it over Twitch, where he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, we're doing a fake ad. Shout out suggestions, and then he just does it on on Ableton, and he like records himself doing like sound bites and stuff, and oh, it's it's fucking brilliant, man. Yeah, I have often wondered if we ever did like, because I feel like because this is mainly hosted on Anchor, I feel like we wouldn't necessarily have a great pick of our sponsors. But if we, but if we reverse engineered it, (laughs) then we could um, 
we we could get like I don't know, like Space Raiders or Transformers stacks and say like, look, we've made a free advert for you. Would you mind just paying us like even like a fraction of your advertising fee? It's all about monetizing, baby. Oh, we could try. We could yeah. always try it. Or we even just make an advert and just send it to them. Oh, like, so oh yeah. Made this the Limmy one, you. just because I looked it up, is uh, so he did the fr- the Frimerang and uh, <laughs> shit. What's the other one? The uh, oh, jo- Johnston's Gymnasium was the other one. <laughs> uh, it's brilliant. That good. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Uh, did you always... hear him do the remix of Skater Boy? Uh, I can't remember that actually. It's really good. The skate skater boy ones, def- the Avril Lavigne skater boy ones, good. I think my favourite is still the Star Wars one. Oh yeah, was it like Star Wars, <laughs> King of the Galaxy? Oh yeah, that one's, oh, that yeah. one's brilliant. The only the only Limmy thing I remember from like recent. That's good vocals. I'm not sorry. I'm just. <laughs> yeah, it's oh yeah, L- Limmy could do. A, oh man, I would like. Yeah, I would. I would pay Limmy to, to do, do so a vocalist. <laughs> Yeah, we should. We should uh, email him and be like, yeah, Limmy, just just email him and just be like, you all right, my man? Uh, do you want to do, you wanna do <laughs> a vocalese album? <laughs> Maybe not an album, because I might be... <laughs> <laughs> I think... <laughs> the, the only recent thing I've seen of his was, um, I think a friend showed me, I think he was, for a while, on, it might have been on Twitch, he was doing like duets with people, just like phoning in or like... or. or streaming in and just singing and i think he is it the song stand that i think um, eminem did with i can't <laughs> remember who did it thing. yeah he did a it's few of them i've watched thing. a few of them oh that's so, that, those are so funny because yeah, like he's I, actually singing with people isn't he and he's, he's singing with people i think he does um, who, oh, i don't know how he does yeah it. in character he, did, he does it in a very scots like not scots as in like the way that robert burns wrote was in like a very very uh, colloquial scottish kind of yeah vernacular yeah, yeah. But like Last I think weekend. the who, yeah, who did um who did stand with Eminem? Dido. Uh, well, it, yeah, it was Dido, it was just... wasn't it? Yeah, but but someone someone uh, streamed in doing the Dido parts like pretty poorly, and then like, she was she was genuinely trying, and then he was doing all of Eminem's rapping like in a very Scottish manner. Oh, that's so funny. And that, that, yeah, that's the last thing I remember like seeing of Limmy. Yeah, oh, he's great. Around. He's done lots of great stuff since. Yeah. He's, uh, I'd, I'd highly recommend his YouTube and his Twitch. Um, a lot. Of the... I've seen a few bits of him just being on um truck simulator or like truck driving simulator, whatever it the, is. The truck just, yeah. Do you think there's enough money in Twitch now that we could be sponsored by Limmy? <laughs> I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to ask that of him because that'd be coming out of his pocket. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I would love. He's doing all right. <laughs> I would love some sponsors as a an unemployed man now unemployed since like June 2020. Although I feel the date changes every time I bring it up. Um, <laughs> I uh, as, does it, as does it get longer man, or shorter? <laughs> as an unemployed man of like you know not knowing where is is you know not really knowing what he's gonna do with his life, I would welcome any sponsor. So talking about Limmy, like we, we talked earlier about like not really wanting to go and like watch stand up, but is the irony being that the last few like live stand up shows I've seen, which has been like a handful in the last few years, would have been Stuart Lee at Warwick Uni at the Warwick Arts Centre, um, Nish Kumar at Birmingham Town Hall, oh, yeah. and then Limmy Vines, which Dan and I both we went to all of those in some capacity. Wait, what, so like, what was the third one? Because you had a spare ticket for Limmy Vines at the Glee Club oh, yeah, in yeah, yeah. Birmingham, yeah. I mean, fair play to Limmy for like 
it, it, he, even he was surprised at like it, like putting all his vines on a film festival and said, like, oh this actually works yeah i think <laughs> he made jokes about that being it being like at an arts gallery and him like going yeah 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 you know like having to kind oh, yeah, of talk yeah. it up a bit when it is just him gurning but I think I think what's always nice about <laughs> Limmy though is that like he's he's so humble and like yeah, such yeah. a regular dude that you'll always get him like that. You'll always I think talking about his own stuff. I think you'll always catch him being just a regular guy, you know. And it's it's really sweet. I think it's so cool that he's sort of always kind of been like that. But yeah, I don't know how he. I don't know much about his like success story, but I don't think it's like. He's also still like you, you. You could argue that once you get a format down, you can kind of just ride on that for a fucking ever. But like, he's at least doing things like Twitch and whatnot. I guess like one one could argue on the whole that if people take to streaming and whatnot, it's generally because they have things they like playing and want to share it. Well, I mean, I you know I, mean? W- I would really like to start streaming, and I think I might just to kind of maybe see what happens. I mean, probably fucking nothing. But um, speaking of streaming, uh, I'm uh, I've been told by the producer to advertise my own streams on this podcast. Sorry, carry on. No, no, uh, <laughs> we will. To be fair though, Sam, we will come to that because uh, yeah, that does need to be advertised. Uh, but I was going to stream uh, my Twitch own stuff. Dot com. Uh, my, I mean, just I think because it's like I guess once you get the streaming figured out, you can just stream stuff you'd be doing anyway, and that's kind of what I think I might start doing. Is like you know, if I'm going to sort of jump on well, the like roof. You what, sorry? Like hoovering. No, no, no. I mean, strictly video game-wise. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever yeah. whatever video... Hey, man, you joke, but some, some fucking psychopaths, like, stick a GoPro on their head and they just stream their actual <laughs> life. It's so weird. But, hey, they get money from it. I mean, I've been yeah, thinking I might start it. doing it. But um, there's a there's I was gonna, there's a genre of I was just gonna say I was gonna start doing the game and stuff where like maybe hey next time I switch on Steam I'll just also switch on the stream button and then people can just come in and watch it because I mean you know me I tend to play stuff that's kind of like not like the well known shit or I'll play stuff from a few years ago so surely there'll be a genre for that you know there'll be someone wanted to see me play Killer Seven that was gonna be the one I wanted to start with. You're probably more familiar with it than me. Like, so I follow Limmy, and there's another comedian called Bilal Zafar, who I've probably mentioned to you guys. Oh yeah, no, I know of Bilal Zafar. Yeah, well, um, I mean, there's a few. There's a few, but he's the one that uh, like sticks out. Who does the uh, to bring it back to football? Uh, <laughs> very briefly, uh, so he does the. It's not really football, but he does the Pro Evo streams, which are just really funny. Where he like. Um, there was like a Guardian article about the the kind of you know new phenomenon of Twitch uh, in the stand-up age. You know when people can't do it, um, people people doing their stuff on on Twitch, and he's like properly written this series of like him being the manager of um, the default team <laughs> yeah. on Pro Evolution Soccer, <laughs> and so <laughs> they've all just got so and it's um it's quite good because it's like a nostalgic thing for people that played the original like Pro Evo games and like. Uh, ISS Pro as it was in before and like it's pretty much stuck to that same thing where they had um, so it's Konami isn't it Um, and so they didn't always have like FIFA's for a long time had all the licenses and like Konami's had very specific club licenses that they've used to promote the game so maybe they've had over the years they've had like Arsenal uh, as like the main you know like an Arsenal player will be on the front of it and they've used them to sponsor it and they've had the rights to like use the Arsenal player players uh, official names and stuff and maybe another team 
like maybe a Spanish team or something because uh, you know they're kind of big and they sell there. Um, but generally they haven't had you know they've had to use fake names and so there's a whole culture of you know like people you know joking about all the names in the old versions but there's actually a mode called like master league <laughs> um, where you could like you know it's just load of nonsense player names basically um, but they stuck with the names like throughout several versions of it um, and so they're really for, you know, including the modern ones and so they're really familiar and so he's basically written a whole story about like managing quote unquote these these players um where he like you know br- does press conferences and like does team talks <laughs> brings them into like for chats and it's just so funny it's such a good idea like it's a basically been in, like I'm not used to watching much twitch stuff so it's been like impossible for me to keep up with because it's like he does it like twice a week or whatever he has been for like the entire time we've been um locked down but it's just so good, like just jumping in with some of the highlights. You know, he, he, it's a really good parody of like football culture. I guess is like the best way of describing it. He does the whole like, you know, the, I love my boys. They're a load of, um, you know, a good load of family men, <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I wouldn't say anything about them. You know, wouldn't, you're only welcome at this club if you're a good family man. You know, and all that stuff. It's, it's like a, it's like a really good like parody of like football you know like oh ref <laughs> oh shit <laughs> man you have to, uh, have to link me uh drop me a link on some of that because that sounds really good yeah he's and he does other things but i think this is again like a really long way of working back to your point which was he uh, he does other things like he did a really funny stream of like hitman i think oh nice well hey you, you got game. me there I, i'm a big hitman fan he did it on christmas day and it was just like so funny like it was like because he's doing stealth mode and then at one point he just he's like hiding on this balcony and he's like just pulling people off the balcony or whatever as as hitman and uh you know it's just like it's <laughs> just like just the, the comedy of just like hearing like all the you know it, the, the design of the game you know it's like that's a bit more like it's built it's just a bit more natural you know yeah the kind of design the game is what's funny about it um and like just his reaction to it and you know just like oh yeah no no for hitman there's a lot of fun (laughs) yeah yeah, there's a lot of like good comedy fuel in the newer hitmans like as, as good as they are and they are absolutely amazing and i would tell anyone to go and buy the new hitman games there's a lot of comedy to be had just from like breaking the game i know that uh dunk donkey video game donkeys have a lot of fun doing it yeah so, but he basically said, I think that was a good example of something that's kind of like, yeah, it's immersive, but it's not completely like it's, you can be casual and play it, I guess. And he, he like likes to play stuff, but then like, I think he was doing Cyberpunk and I think, what was the other one? Um, oh yeah. The one he said was really good with Sims because like it is just oh, yeah. very light touch and you can just have a chat. So that might influence what, if you were to do it, like what you would do, because like, he said, like, the, it's almost the games he prefers. He can't do it because he gets too involved, you know? So it's like... That's true. It has I mean, to be a good true. choice. It, it's, yeah. yeah, it's kind of when, like, say, when, when you know, uh, when we're playing, uh, like, a, a boys' night or something where we're sort of gaming, uh, we, we tend to, like, just play something that's a bit more casual because, like you say, you can, t- you can talk over it. The one I really wanted to do is I've got... Um, what year world snooker 2019 or something like that oh nice <laughs> it's just like i i had a snooker game when like obviously i'm just incredibly boring um when it comes to games and like we've had this conversation before that i've like <laughs> I, i've had games when i was younger that i was just like oh, i can't play them because they're just too scary so i'll just play like 
sports games and you know yeah, I, like... I, remember, I remember you asking me to see if i could find the uh, brian lara cricket 99 or uh... oh, what, such a game that took that game taught me cricket i'm not understating <laughs> that like i was like i was proper square eyes like four or five year old like where i just like um my uncle had a a, a ps1 the aforementioned uncle and uh he had like he was mainly into the yeah the pro evos and the the brian lara crickets and i was like I was playing the game and learning about cricket at the same time because <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing originally. I was like, "What's what's going on?" You know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the snooker game is just something that is just like uh, it's like stretching the medium because it's just incredibly boring. Like people already find snooker as a sport boring, and this game, I think I've mentioned it to you, Tom, is is slightly broken. <laughs> I think, yeah, I was going to say, I almost said something when you first mentioned it. I was about to say, isn't that game meant to be like, is it a bit glitchy or a bit broken? But yeah, yeah right. It's yeah. very glitchy. <laughs> nice. Oh, mate. To be fair, um, you should stream that. And I would happily like, well, either come and watch or co-host it with you. Because I can be like the dummy and the layman who knows nothing about it. Because the other thing I was going to ask you about was you need to stream your fucking football manager because I think you should tell, I think you should tell I the mean, listeners about who you're role-playing <laughs> as as the football manager for uh, your team. Um, well, you can do the kind of face modelling thing in football manager um, in case, well, I assume people don't know. It's just me um, and a select bunch of football weirdos that like to play football manager because um, it's too immersive Um and yeah, you can do the the kind of modelling of the manager at the start, and we chose. Um, I I found a picture of Robert De Niro to, uh, <laughs> so I'm managing Limerick FC as Robert De Niro as Bob as Bobby, you know, doing interviews. Of, you know, like uh, <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> do you want to uh, plug? You do like you want to plug your Twitter? Because uh, that was how I I noticed on your Twitter you've you've changed it to to, to Bob. Oh, uh, what is my Twitter handle? I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head. This is really bad. Well, whilst you whilst you find that, Dan, just a quick note on snooker. Um, I think Richard Herring on his YouTube channel. I think in the absence of a vast stream of podcasters, he's um he's taken to doing live streams of like Richard Herring versus Richard Herring. Oh yeah, like me, sort of a... me one versus me two. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Me one versus me two. I've not seen any of them, but like he. Um, yeah. I thought that was quite good, as in like that's a very kind of ASMR. Just like, I mean, I've, I've got in, I got into snooker in the summer just because it's. Uh, I don't know. I think I, I I sort of transitioned to being an old man and kind of like trying to analyze some of the skill in the shots and whatnot. And I think the kind of the, the very quiet nature of it. Hmm. Yeah, it's very. Um, it's just a very nice thing to stick on, you know, and just have in the background when you're doing other things. I was going to say, no pun intended, you don't need to watch every single frame of it. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but, um, yeah, yeah, it's very much stick on in the background. Um, I felt, I felt a bit bad because I pretended to, I, I used the idea of cheesy advertising to kind of interrupt Tom talking about streaming. Um, sorry about that, Tom. Go on. Do, no, no, it's fine. The damage is done. Go on. Oh, so he just wants to be damage, a sponsor huh? for your Twitch stream. <laughs> he, he he wants to get in yeah. on the ground. He's got like uh, Aris. Look, I'm bringing, I'm bringing, I'm I'm going to bring Digital Break into this podcast table by uh, <laughs> by doing a charity stream. Um, but 
I thought I'd, I thought I'd give this malarkey a go. I've been putting, you know, the idea formulated a few months ago, but then I was very busy and then like kept putting it off and off. Then recent events have compelled me to to actually move this stream, this idea to actually do it sooner. But um, all being well, on the twenty fourth of February at seven o'clock uh, UTC, so uh, or UTC plus zero, I should say. Uh, I'm going to attempt to do the first the, the first three, the original Spyro games back to back, all in one evening. Um, uh, in, in the hopes of raising money for whatever reason people give money to these sorts of streams for mind and combat stress which i've a raised money for before and you know it's to do with mental health um if you which is which is something which uh if it's not clear from this podcast it's something that we're very uh we try to keep acutely aware of or at least like it's something that we like talking about and kind of believe that there should be you know both you know the means of self-improvement and helping others and also societally being in a place where these issues don't go untreated for so long. Um, if you, I mean, I think there's a Facebook event up. If you search Downward Spyro, uh, that might turn up. I think it's a public event. But yeah, uh, join the other, I think currently there are less people going than listen to this podcast. So, um, you know, that's, uh, that could that could be you. You could be a listener who listens to the podcast to this podcast and watches the live stream which is a uh, makes you a very rare specimen on the planet indeed that would be amazing but, sorry, I'm gonna I, stop. I bet you we can get one person as in one person we don't already know from uni who listens to this podcast that would be amazing uh if anyone from ohio wants to listen in or uh or maybe someone from snezinsk uh whoever listens in russia uh that would be sick so uh, we look forward to seeing you there yeah, well, um, with enough sponsor money, we can bring this to Jakarta in 2025 for the um the Indonesian listener, um, to do to do plot fest Jakarta 2025. Yeah, hey, um, hey, you know, for the Indonesian listener, I watched the raid one and two. Damn good films. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's. I'm not sure if that's a, a a nice thing to say because you pointed out something which might have been sort of missed in the mire of sort of a generally westernized culture. Or whether you've boiled down the Indonesian contribution to worldwide um, sort of viewing to the Raid 1 and 2. I don't know. Have you seen the Raid um, 1 or 2? I haven't, actually. So maybe I'll take, I'll take my seen, second clause back. The same, well, the Dread is the, is the terrible American ripoff. Although Dread's a good film. I'm but no, the Raid, that. man, the Raid 1 and 2 are fucking badass. They're like two of the best martial arts films in like recent years. Probably in the past like 20 years. Because I wasn't sure if they they looked kind of schlocky, but then if you say that they're really good martial arts films, because well, I mean they are, yeah, they, seen... they are. They're like they're like total schlock. But the thing is, is that like the choreography is so good. But they're actually both directed by a Welshman. But um, other other than the director, the rest of the cast and crew and everything are all Indonesian. That actually does sound quite interesting in terms of like the synthesis of it. Like it kind of well, the, yeah, the, it, that happened to be the best. The director, the best format. The director's name is Gareth Evans, but um, basically his <laughs> uh, his his wife is Indonesian, and he basically went over there and like got everyone involved to make the film. Uh, but like, yeah, oh man, fucking hell, man! Like the first ones, the second one is like more of the same, but the first one, like the raid, is it's oh, it's so good. That might be quite a nice place to wrap up on, actually. A nice positive note on the film, rather than uh, bashing films, which we seem to seem to have a habit of because of our nights of watching shit films. But uh, we'll plug your uh, we'll plug, usual... plug your stream one more time, Sam. 
I'll plug it one more time. Uh, that's Downward Spyro, which involves uh, me playing the first three Spyro games back to back without stopping, unless you don't know, even the toilet or something. Uh, 7 o'clock p.m. UTC plus zero on the 24th of February 2021, Anno Domini. Uh, I'd say hope to see you there. Uh, I probably won't be paying attention. I'll probably only be able to do the comments every so often, but um, these things don't work without input. So there we are. And I'd like to say thank you to Dan for appearing on the podcast. Have you enjoyed being a plot boy? I feel like I've not asked that for a while to any guest. Have you enjoyed being one of the plot boys? Um, on the basis of this, yes. I don't know what it fully entails. It entails oh, we don't know that either, you need I mean, to come yeah. back. Uh, yeah, I feel like... Uh, we're grasping for content. Well, yeah, not... I have plenty more to say. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like not, not, just because I've, not just because I've kept interrupting like a drunk idiot throughout this entire episode, but I think beyond me interrupting, I feel like there's still a lot we could cover. There's not me blowing our collective trump here. I'm not trying to blow any of you at this point, but um, I feel, yeah, I feel like there were there's definitely there's more questions, there's more topics, you know. Really, really, uh, really got a lot to say. Um, I've a lot to say in no particular direction. Um, so if that makes me a plot boy, then uh, Oh, it does. Oh, yeah. I hope I mean, that's okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, this is, this is so directionless. Yeah. I mean, like, we'll have can we do a U2 um, special? Oh, God. Yeah, if you can talk about U2 for two hours, then yes. Yes, you can. I'll actually, I mean, I'll actually bother listening to some. I think I tried listening to Acting Baby, and I thought, do you know, I could be doing something else. Um, yeah, what was their other fucking one? Was it How to Dismantle a Nuclear Bomb or something? That was one of the albums. <laughs> 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 that would be, if it was called that, that would be... Well, it, it's, it's, it's How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb, so it's not much, but it's not much Oh, better. okay. I was um, nearly there. But I like the idea of it being how to dismantle a nuclear bomb. I don't know why that. That's kind of a better title, isn't it? Really, like I think I think for some reason I like the title how to dismantle a nuclear atomic bomb. Like, it's one of those sort of the tautology. It's one of those misheard things that like that was incidentally one of the first albums I ever bought. Nice. <laughs> um, nice. <laughs> I've I've already I've already spent ten minutes on a previous episode going on about the first one I ever got. Um, thank you very much, Dan, for coming on no, no and. Worries. Um, until next time, I guess. Bye.